everyone, listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Run for your life! Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono, your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose. And think for yourself. Yeah, dude, next Monday, which is extra special for me specifically because you are the person who introduced me to Tool. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting to go see him together. Dude, yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to be epic. It's going to be. I haven't been to a concert in a long time. This is going to be special. Yeah. My brother has, I don't know, he doesn't really know what to expect. I fucking sure as hell don't know what to expect. So, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go like very as level-headed as I possibly can just to like be like just just be cool. Like just cool and sober. Like I want to like take in this experience and only this. You know? It's a scene and you know, it doesn't matter how you go, you're going to be leaving a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, it's an entire show. It's not just, it's not just them playing music. Like it's an experience. Yeah. So that's that seems to be the, um, like I don't know, just that timeless landscape to going to anything. But yet, it, everything I've heard about them is that they do it so well, like. It's just one of those things that it's it's like perfect. A perfect heaven is before you, and you get to kind of like take it as you <laughs> There's gonna be, bring back. I mean, depending on what state of mind you're in at the time while you're there, like it's not all going to seem like heaven, but it's all going to be beautiful. There's definitely a roller coaster of, you know, emotions. And mm. I mean, it's, yeah. The light show, the experience, the it's, and I haven't seen them in twenty years, probably so, well, a little less. But where did you see them previously? I saw them three times on the Ladderless tour: um, Montreal, Manchester, and wherever they played in Maine. Mm. I think it was Portland. Portland's a good area. Yeah. I like Portland. But Yeah. Dope, dude. Where it was any one like does one stand out over the other ones or do they all kind of blend? Like what is that? They do all kind of blend because, you know, they all three of them, you know, they played some of the same songs, but each one played 
you know, a couple songs that the other one didn't. So you never really know what you're going to get as far as a set list. Like there's there's some songs that they notoriously almost never play live. And every once in a while they'll pop up and be like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Mm. So, like, mm. Dude, yeah, I woke up this morning with a Tool song in my head. It wasn't like to the point where it stuck in my head, but it just came to me. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, that'd be so great if they played that there. Like, so good. Which song? Because it's exactly how I'm feeling right now. Is, um, fuck. I always get the one mixed up with the other title-wise, but it's like the one about, like, where it's just watch the weather change. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think it's Reflections. Is that? I think so. Reflections. I don't know. We'll fact check that later. I don't have my iPod. In kind of me. a, it's kind of a, one of the spacer songs on the, uh, album. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know. It's just that, yeah, that puts, like, you know, mention this to me. And then, and then it, you know, and just, then it leads into a boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, just wonderful boom. cadence. Yeah. And it's just this beautiful, like, ocean that they create. And it's just fucking so nice. It's such a wonderful, like, soundscape in my opinion like i'll watch that or li watch that listen to that like whether wherever i am every once in a while just because i'm like you know what i have to hear that song again because this is that moment they might play it who knows but they won't play it. they won't play it alone i can guarantee you that because like there's some of those some of their songs are like you know okay. two-parters where they'll you know track five will be like the intro and track six will be like like parabola parabola or reflection, and then uh, the one after it, whatever that is. Yeah, forget the name. But I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Glad Benji's coming too. Oh yeah, dude, I'm stoked. Cause what's also extra special is like the again that you know down the line of <laughs> sort of generation, not even generational, but like you know, like between homies friends that have been around the block a time or two and then you pass it on to the next person who's right you know i don't want to say underneath you or below you because that's not what i mean but you know the one the next generation down and you're able to kind of pass on this gem and see what comes out of it both intellectually and spiritually and you know definitely not for everybody emotionally you know, you know? Yeah, yeah. I th yeah, and so just to see and feel the growth with it, like this is the this has been the through line for so long. Based on in the last at least my last, God, I want to say like ten or twelve years. What year are we in? Twenty three. Yeah. So it's like, oh, even before then. Holy shit, I'm getting older. It's four, <laughs> over fourteen years ago, I think. It's yeah. been fourteen years since oh, I've wow. been in, been since you introduced me to Tool, and then I. He almost immediately introduced it to Ben. Me and my friends back, you know, 20 something, well, 19, 20 years ago, however long. It was 02. Mm. We made up a bunch of t shirts that said Maynard for president and, you know, in red, white, and blue. And we're outside in front of the concert before they opened the doors and we we're trying to, you know, sell them. And we actually sold a decent amount of them. And, uh, some dudes that were like representing the record label came up and they're like, Hey, you get rid of those. Go put them wherever the fuck you guys came from. If you don't, if I see them again, 
we're taking it and the car you guys came in. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. I'm sure they meant legally, but <laughs> either way. Was it Life of Brian that there was like that he, he got caught in like the midst of that like unregulated uh, under the table, whatever market. Yeah, and he's be- like trying to accept like he's trying to what is it? It's the uh, heckle. He's trying to uh, like heckle with the guy. Yeah. But he's like being taught how to heckle in the meeting. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they were brilliant putting that together, but it almost that almost comes to mind because it's like, yeah, something that big. And you, people are like somehow trying to like do what they can to be it, promote it or, you know, whatever that. To profit off of it, and that that was the last thing but, we we'd considered was like, oh <clears throat> shit, the record label is going to be like, no, like they literally came up and they they said to us, we own that name, you guys need to fuck off of those, like yeah, and wasn't it is it the uh, is it Green Jelly, or it might have been a prior band of his that he was part of that came back with the rights to, I think it was, fuck, was it like Sweat or Hush or something like that? Or I think maybe even Opiate. I don't know. Was he with Green Jelly? Well, he was with a different group where he started to develop those, like, those pieces. And they they came back. I heard this. I don't know if it's true or not. It's just, this is just a rumor that that group came back for the rights and they ended up getting them like getting them and so i'm sure there was some kind of settlement there or whatever but i mean i know i would i would like to think that based on just maynard's like um kind of he's such a genuine artist and he knows where he came from so it's like i could see him being like yeah of course like you guys deserve this too cuz you were part of my my destiny part of my journey because like in his book he gets into all that stuff and i guess that's how they were able to like make sure that that happened i guess i don't know again it's a rumor i i only heard it i think ben mentioned it that he like heard about it online and he's like hey have you read mayner's book and it's like well yeah but hmm. anyway um it's a whole thing uh we're um, gushing over tool right now sorry guys Whew. Well, like, I, it really is going to be pretty awesome. But at the same time, I don't want it to make it. I don't mean like create a heaven in terms of like the one and only. I meant like, like a new, it's like this, this, uh, new degree of awareness that I'm, I think I'm ready for, you know, like Buckethead going to Buckethead changed me. I can only imagine what it'll, what it like that kind of greatness multiply by four, you have exponential growth. So I can't even imagine what the blast off is going to be like, you know? Yeah. It's going to be there no matter what you use for fuel. No, no matter what, it's going to be a, uh, a send off. Definitely. I mean, the crowd itself is just like crowd itself is insane because you're, you're talking a lot of people that are kind of mind bending themselves at that moment. So, yeah, like when the when the place dumps out after the show, and the streets are just full of these people, and you like get to see like actually 
you know, what you were just in, you're like, holy shit. Like, it's a fucking madhouse. <laughs> but I think that's the part that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try and like find the path away from that. <laughs> like, I'm just going to like kind of stay on the perimeter a little bit and just like. Very hard place to find a perimeter. Yeah. Well. Yeah, because it's pretty compact in there. I'm sure. Well, it's it's also just it's it's going to be more massive than you. Damn, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'll just keep my <laughs> keep my <laughs> keep my cool my six my six yeah. centimeters. It's yeah. It's not going to be like that. No, they're like you can let your guard down. Most people are going. If you're not in the pit, you'll be fine. You know, if you're if you got an actual seat, which have you been in the pit? No, at a tool shop. No, no. Um, I mean, it's it's massive and it's crazy. Like watched it from very close, being like, "Wow!" Like I like these guys too much to like be down there just thrashing. Like that does not look enjoyable, but. You know, some music lends itself to the pit, and and some yeah. some people don't care what's playing; they just want to be in that pit. So, I if the music lends itself, then yeah, I I have a hard time not getting in there. But like when it's too evolving or too involving, sorry, like it's I'd rather be at a slight distance watching the whole stage than be. Like, like Tara was like, oh, I don't know why we didn't get floor tickets. I'm like, because you don't get to see the whole show if you're on the floor. You don't get to see the stage because you're below it, you know? And right. you're getting fucking pushed around. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I, I don't think I got floor seats. I don't think I did. Wait, maybe I did, but more in the back. I don't know. I don't know where my seats are. I forget. I forget if they're on, like, on whatever floor or not, like, on the floor. Like actual, like, floor. yeah, floor being like the arena. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I know it's towards the back because it was like, yeah, I don't really want to be too close. Like you said, kind of enjoy it on the outskirts to some degree. Yeah, just to be able to see more. As I, I hope that you have a little elevation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now that you mention it, I sure hope so too. Uh, but anyway. Bring, um, bring some binoculars. Yeah, I wanted to share this because it's uh, uh Jim, Jim Carrey McConaughey thing. It's yeah. Oh man, I love it. It's this. so funny because <laughs> Jim this. Carrey is I'm like, a flat circle. Yeah. Yeah, just waited for it to ask me to play it again. Anyway, how are you, sir? How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah. 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 A little turbulent weekend, but. That will happen. Uh, loved one in the family's taken ill, so like, yeah, dude, that's rough. A little while ago, and now it's catching up towards towards the end. Damn, dude! Shout out, Mona. Love you. But yeah. Well, hopefully, maybe this will cheer you up. Oh, I'm I'm plenty cheerful. But yeah. All right. No, you seem cheerful. You seem okay. Like, I mean, you've been through the ringer a time or two yourself. Just in that arena, you know? It's like, it's fucking hard, man. I don't know. Like, 
I mean, if, if you live to 40 years old and you haven't really, you know, gone through loss, then you've, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anybody that, you know, can say that unless they're just heartless and they don't consider it loss, but you know, you've definitely lost people by that point. I mean, everybody has. Yeah, most, most, I know. You, yeah, and you've mentioned it before, too. Most, that most like, kids, you know, they they know what death is by the time they're 12. You know, they've, yeah. they've seen Nana or Grandpa or, you know, somebody pass. Yeah, fortunately, if they have those relationships, then, you know, we will experience loss. It's like that's kind of the catch-22 of this thing. It's like don't get too attached but also yes healthy attachment's important like there's like this constant do this but yes make sure you keep that in check blah 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 it's like like you know what i mean like don't right. get like that don't get too attached well, thing cuz you like, then you just end up no semi vulnerable no 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 you, like i was i was saying more you know like after a while you learn to you learn that the mourning, or what people quantify as mourning, is really them dealing with their sense of loss. Exactly. Whereas yeah. they're not celebrating the person. They're not grateful that the person was here. Or not that they aren't, but they're not focused on, you know, they're focused on, you know, how they feel without them. Whereas, you know, if you're, if you try and focus on, you know, like, you know who they touched you know like how they how they changed people's lives for the positive you know the good they did while they were here you know the mm -hmm. light that they were in the world and and you you're also happy for them that they don't have to put up with this shit anymore mm. it's like i don't mm. it's hard for it's hard to grieve when you're envious a little bit, you know? It's, it's, right. not, it's not that I have a death wish, but it's like, you know. No, but there, there is, like, it goes back to that, there's always that bright side of death. Well, yeah. Like, death, yeah. you finally get to rest from it all, because it's all fucking crazy. It can be a crazy shit show. It can be. Yeah, I guess, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you pointing that out, because actually, simultaneously, as I was saying that, I wasn't trying to, put words in your mouth by any means but i was kind of trying to navigate it myself because i've been through loss but i haven't been through a whole lot of it like i'm very fortunate to have such a strong and connected family network that it kind of scares the living crap out of me to feel like that the shoe could drop at any moment and that's something like i'm telling myself like keep that sense of mortality of yourself and your loved ones in check always because you, you like that's me being all fucking weird and remorseful about my behavior because it's all like i have almost too much taken to take for granted it's like being spoiled in a way i'm like this spoiled child but at the same but what i'm saying is i guess in that regard it's me acknowledging like the privilege to even have people in my life to then grieve for like that's you know that's kind of the flip side of that and also the time to grieve when you need it you know 
Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't have that. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of the moment I, yeah, said what I said. But anyway. No, no, um, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound like you. No, yeah. I guess I'm saying that for more for my own closure because I, I feel like there's kind of like an art to the grief. And it's not just about like, you know, throwing tantrums or feeling sorry for yourself. It's like, as you say, it's, you know, it's, um, it's a process of maturation over time, learning how to cope with it and learning how your, your sense of loss for that person isn't the same thing as what they're, they might be going through. You know, um, one thing I really appreciated on that podcast you referred me to actually is, is, uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean Webb, um, yeah. telling his story about the fact that he had to kind of reckon with a loved one, a dear loved one, uh, not remembering who he was, and that, like, holy shit, dude! Like, I thought to myself, like, damn, like that would be really fucking difficult to like bite your tongue and not like throw a big hissy fit about it. Yeah, and I mean, you know. Even if you did, it you you just seem like more of a stranger, you know. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like he somehow things. had that third person awareness to like really take a take a reality pill for a minute and really see what that would do to the other to the other party involved. For me, that was eye opening, at least. But dudes, uh, yeah, the guy's a pretty interesting fella. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll just. Finally, get this to work. Matthew McConaughey, what are you doing here? <laughs> so I'll turn that down. What are any of us doing here? <laughs> Whether I get your question right or wrong, free will is an illusion. Life is a game that plays us. <laughs> so you don't have an answer? At this point. I didn't know if I was dreaming him or if he was dreaming me. Also, I was 90% sure that I'd left my Lincoln running with the doors unlocked. And yet somehow, I felt it was completely safe. Did you record a voiceover for this? I did. Why do I bother? <laughs> Will Ferrell and Jim Carrey. I haven't seen them in really anything. Were they were they ever in a film together? That's a pretty good combo. I don't think so. I mean, Jim Carrey kind of went off the deep end for a little bit. Yeah, he did. Now he seems to be a little back, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, Will Ferrell, uh, he's always going to be stuck in my mind as a, uh, What's his face from Step Brothers, <laughs> and also the other guys. Was that the the shark that he jumped? In your opinion? No, no, just like uh, like Jack Sparrow and Johnny Depp. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that was a big shark. Uh, no, uh, I would say, yeah, Will Ferrell in Step Brothers and. 
the other guys like that was like his peak you know like i haven't even seen other guys i should yeah i need to actually i haven't even seen the sequel to anchorman 2 i feel like that'll be like you mean to anchorman Anchorman 2 yeah the sequel yeah i haven't seen the sequel i've seen it i think 75 percent of once yeah, I mean, Anchorman itself will always just be like that. Just that awesome, like, I'll always remember him as Ron Burgundy. Or like, well, what was he in, uh, what was it, Talladega Nights? It's like, uh, I don't know, I can't remember his name. Ricky Bobby? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Ricky um, Bobby. On that note, actually, yeah, are you good to take a quick break? We good to take a quick break? Yeah. Real yeah. quick. A little bio um, break. And yeah, that'd be great. Sponsors. Sweet. If you're in the central Vermont area and you're looking for a special souvenir to take home and share with your friends and neighbors, Humbiant Fermentary's got you covered. Humbiant Fermentary produces craft batches of hard cider from the heart. This wild fermented cider is a tribute to the depth and complexity of how intertwined we are with the flora and fauna of the ecosystem. In our attempt to be humble stewards of the biosphere, as humbiance, we offer this taste of microsymbiotic flavors to your gut biome. By forming an alliance with our microbiome, we simultaneously forge a partnership with nature in her wonderful beauty and simplicity, of which we are inseparable participants capable of co-creating a world worth living in. Nature is the way. Cheers. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, just, uh, before we, before we end off here, I wanted to talk about, uh, how important it is about, um, how our evolution hinges upon the choices we make. Absolutely. And, um, I think that by acknowledging the abilities that we have to, check ourselves is extraordinary like we do have the the privilege of being able to modify our behavior in certain ways right our ability to check in with ourselves our ability to you know go inside and you know reference your intuition your instinct is pretty huge and it's one of those things we're way out of practice on as a species. Well, I mean, at least us fat people in the first world, the fat lucky ones. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I think kind of just going back to what we were discussing earlier is like um, how it is such a game changer when you're able to have uh have a chance to basically learn from your mistakes and by doing so looking at a situation just differently or just feeling differently about that situation even like the fact that that is a choice is truly remarkable to me because it's like you can you can kind of on the one hand you can have you can sort of give yourself the right to have the pain or the whatever, the angst, 
right? The reason for not, you know, for the other side of it, or you can sort of let that be what it is and don't become married to it and shift just by looking at it from even through just a, like, even just as a whole different person, like as a whole different being. Like it's almost like creating a carbon copy of yourself so you can actually reflect on what that is and make your tweaks as you go. And so, right, sometimes that is exactly it. It's reflection. Like it's not a choice in the moment. You choose without choosing. You act without acting. You do without doing, sort of, you know, and it's it's the reflection afterwards where where you say to yourself, this is why that worked, you know? Mm. Yeah, that hindsight, what do they call it? Hindsight 2020? Mm. Um, yeah. Is kind of like that. It's like that, that RNA version of you. That was a shitty year for, to bring up RNA, but yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And that saying. I'll take that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll own that. But yeah, dude. Um, And you told me like, Last week, even, I think we were talking about this, silent victories, like, boom, right to the, right to the heart, bro. I love it. Like, I love that of all people, you were the one to basically help me through a situation where I'm still like, I'll, I'll make progress with myself, with my, uh, attitude towards things and with my, whatever, my thought patterns. But it's like you get you you check off so many things and you do it so many times and it's like oh my god is this ever going to end am i ever going to learn from myself and then there's that last little hook that's being latched onto as it's like as time goes by it's like, like holding for holding on a child for its, yeah holding on for yeah. its dear life to yeah. stay on you're wiggling that tooth in your mouth as an 8 year old being like it's my last one <laughs> but it's oh i can check it out i Fold yeah. it all the way upside down. And, and speaking of a, of a sore tooth, man, you can't stop fucking fucking with it. And it's like I'm I can't I can't help but fuck with not like it for like just I don't know, like not acknowledging what the true lessons are and just feeling sorry for myself, feeling sorry for myself. Like it's like this weird loop that happens that I these traps I fall well, into. Speaking, it's so stupid. Speaking of loops, like recognizing the true lessons is one of the true lessons you know in that microcosm macrocosm yeah deal it's like yeah like the more of those that you can take with you out of this life maybe the less times you have to relive this life over fucking yeah over just again. learn from learn from the mistakes learn from like understanding that life is a process of trial and error and you got to find out what works for you and resonate with that and use that as the fuel to keep going and achieve whatever it is, like whatever it is that you want to achieve. So there is that like you kind of working towards what you kind of want, but recognizing how quickly some of those wants are unsustainable because you have to, the goal is sustenance at the end of the day. You got to be able to balance or harmonize with your circumstances. So you have to kind of find it within yourself to reckon with that and tolerate things and 
learn, learn and have the, you know, don't let the criticism shut you down. Cause that's where I'll get into it. Like the criticism will just shoot me down, you know, like as an artist specifically, you know, it's that everything can be good 99 times out of a hundred, but that one thing <laughs> out of a hundred is like, boom, like the bubble bursts and it's like, okay, back to square one, you know? Um, is what it feels like yeah. spiritually. Yeah. Like that's that's the that's the gamut. That's the catch twenty two of. But that's actually the riding. true lesson. The true lesson is when that bubble mm. explodes. That balloon that's holding you up there, thinking, "Yeah, I got this figured out." And that bubble explodes, and you plummet. Mm. There's the lesson, you know, and there's your chance to grow back upward, you know. Take that lesson along with all the other ones that you've learned. Exactly. It's like an upgrade. Them. An upgrade in whatever that biology is. Right. You as an organism. We 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 constantly we forget this all the time, but we have a whole new skeleton in ninety days. We have a whole new brain in thirty. Well, up to a certain age. We have a whole up new up to a certain age. Well, I think that science is now what is being what it's telling us is that cells, individual cells and a collection of them are constantly uh, expending and renewing itself. Like, there's but a, certain cells don't renew over time, and that's that's what aging is. It's like, well, again, know. aging. They've linked specific hormones to what actually qualifies as senescence to a, to an individual cell, regardless of that cell. There are ways to, I don't want to say hack it, but there are ways to re to heal it. So there's two different schools of thought. One is we come into this world and as we live, we begin to die over time. Like that's, that's one school of thought. Another school of thought is we come into this world and we begin to heal over time. So it's two different it really viewpoints. really depends on what you're exposed to throughout your life, yeah. doesn't it? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. goes back to, again, the perception of the thing. So like you could be three years old, go through something horrific and then the rest of your life play victim about it. Right. Like like I have too. I mean, I've done this. Like I think we're all to some degree, maybe not when we were three, but at some point in our lives. I've dabbled in it. Probably. Yeah. And it's that victimhood versus that. Actual victimization. Yeah, right? like exactly. If you've been victimized, like you've, you've been made a victim legitimately by somebody. You don't want to live in that victimhood of that. You, you typically, as a victim, either want to rise up out of it and, you know, leave it behind you, whatever that means, mm -hmm. or some people take, you know, the darker paths. And, you know, like for people to look at victimhood and say, oh, wow, that's where I can get everything I want. It's like, it's fucking insane. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you're, you're wanting to put yourself in places of, you know, like, garnering false sympathy and adoration, and it's when there's, there's people out there that have actually lived through those experiences. Yeah, and yeah. They aren't even necessarily doing that, you know. And in the in when when in if if they were doing it, that'd be an entirely different thing. It'd be like, 
oh shit, you you went through the and some people, yeah, like it. Once again, no no black and whites. This is all gray, but it's mm-hmm. like it's one of those weird phenomenons going on right now where people are looking at this as an appealing place to be, you know, like so. Yeah, because victimization well, versus that victim can life. get rewarded. That's the thing. Well, there yeah. are reward systems in place that right. will favor that. Um, and I definitely, um, yeah, I didn't mean to hit the kill switch on the whole aging thing mm-hmm. either. I get the point I was making earlier is like the rejuvenation, the um, expenditures, like the expenditures that we have kind of include those moments where we kind of sacrifice sacrifice ourselves to victimize ourselves like when we are victimizing ourselves or in living in that victimhood i should say that you spoke Choose, of choosing to be a victim versus being an actual victim and without even realizing yes. it too like those choices it's like about. you can't tell me i can just choose not to feel sad about this and it's like well yeah you have a point but what the whole also the idea is that you have to trace where that emotion is in order to understand the thought that goes behind the emotion as well. But I'm also not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about people that have actually been victimized that are living in victimhood. I'm talking about people that haven't been victimized that want to live in victimhood and how that's kind of a... uh, Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's even worse. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, like... If you've been victimized and you're living in victimhood, then I I completely understand that. You know, you're still dealing with it. You're still gotcha. Yeah. You know, going through the process. I get that. Like, I what I don't get is the people that want to identify as a victim to supposedly help other victims when really, like, they're they're just wanting attention. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't even. It's hard to pinpoint those because who would, I don't know, in good conscience admit that they were actually doing that? Nobody in right? good conscience admit it, but that's the thing is like they're not doing it in good conscience, you know? Right, which would beg me to wonder like how, I don't know, just how it, uh, brain fart. Yeah, probably uh, a sign. We should probably wrap up. Or yeah, sorry. To wrap it up. Sorry, um, sorry to you guys. Uh, this was one of our episodes where you just meander. You're gonna get that probably one out of every ten or fifteen. So every so often, bear with us. But no, I I like today because today marks a very good past weekend daylight savings time. Um, in favor of my whatever mechanism that is trackable with this circadian rhythm that we're you know dancing with i don't know i it becomes more clear to me that this is clearly the time zone that my my nervous system is attuned to more naturally coming into this and like having these types of days and the day even before like yesterday was great got a lot of done Getting back into making bread, I got a loaf in the on the bulk rise as we speak. Not a metaphor. He's actually making bread. Yeah, love it. Freaking been feeding that damn thing for a while now, and feels nice to get back into the bread Sourdough. making season. Yeah, 
place. Yeah. 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 A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And um, just fun in the sense that, like, you kind of, like, break up your day enough. Like, it's a multi-day process. It's, like, three or four days long of mm-hmm. t- TLC. And um, getting back into the fermentation game again. Just, like, um, working with the mead again and more of the cider and um, fermented some hot sauce. Which has been awesome. Yeah, you did. I'm bringing this with me tonight. Yeah, dude. I got another batch going too as we speak. So stay tuned. I'll figure out what I'm putting that on tonight. Yeah, dude. Please enjoy it. I uh, I was glad because you liked it. Um, and even the wife liked it. It's like, ah, there we go. <laughs> That's there bad in a thousand. I, I, I feel good about that, actually. And I like it too. There's always that. I like to. All kinds of stuff, but anyway. Well, Dude, ladies, and thank you again, sir. Thank you. You want to send us any particular words of wisdom, or uh, as a species, we need to stop stepping on each other's. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Let's be team players out there. Love y'all. Cheers, folks. Up until now, you've heard me talk quite a bit about my book, Cognitive Liberty available for sale at select retailers, including Amazon and iTunes. It's a book about our collective cognitive distortion, how we've essentially self-sabotaged our growth through perpetual states of stress and anxiety. My book is a philosophical narrative about autism and the evolution of consciousness in an ecological context, reflecting on our imperative need to free our minds from a neurocentric view of intelligence and embrace the emotional dimensions that guide our lives. It's about questioning our traditional sense of intelligence as it explores the symptoms of modern culture as a parallel version of autism where life and experience are trapped exclusively inside the head. You can learn more by purchasing a book in the description below or by subscribing to my podcast, Cognitive Liberty, where I break down why I wrote the book and how it relates to the time of extremes we're going through today. Thank you for your support. Oh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Tono, thanks for oh dude. that amazing show, dude. Hey, I didn't put it on. We just went together. Exactly. Well, you told me about it. That was originally fucking amazing time. Amazing show. So amazing, dude. I can't even begin to describe it. Um, I often have been trying to being my first sh- tool show and all. So, oh man, I'm just I'm just so. Uh, I'm just mired in the wonder and awe of the whole thing. It's a big production, and uh, not many people do it like like that anymore, you know, or at all. Yeah, I mean, the closest Ever. thing that compares to that, and I've only been to so many shows to begin with, the closest thing that compares to that is like an NHL game. Like, you're there, there's a lot of showmanship, there's a lot of, like, intensity depending on the game depending on the matchup it depending on a lot of things it's it's like it's so i told my i told you and i told my brother this too it was one of those experiences where you look back almost immediately and be like that was probably one of the best experiences i've ever had in my entire life i mean every every song you know every song is so good like they could have they could have ended the show at any song, but also it's like, like God, I, 
I hope they keep going. Oh, I hope they keep going. I know, dude. Yeah. It, time warp too, man. When we sat down, I mean, we 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 waited because we got there early enough yeah. and already had a round or two, and just like and that dude, that opening band dude, what was his name? Steel Be- Beans. Steel Beans. Yeah. Steel Beans. That yeah. was pretty impressive. Like yeah. the first couple, I was like, whoa. Does- I wonder, like, did you really? Are you just really the first time you're playing it live, even though you're saying it? Yeah, no. I, I I didn't buy that. You no, know, me neither. It's like it's just a, come on. a way to ease into the show, <laughs> I think, you know. Yeah. But, I mean there's unless he is just that good of a songwriter where, you know, he can sit down for 20 minutes and, you know, come up with a brand new song that but yeah, chances are probably not. There was when we were at the Dean Ween show years yeah, ago yeah, at the yeah, Rusty yeah. Nail and Stowe. Yeah. Uh this was while Dean was in rehab or whatever, supposedly that then Dean was like, Oh, I'm not just going to stop doing these, these shows. I'm going to keep going. And so he, he, he rallied up like enough musicians to like put on a nice little, little tour. And he came through, you know, the green mountain area. And I was blown away by a few songs. Uh, overall, the guy who he recruited way too high on Coke. <laughs> like just way too fucking everything just like way too much of that intent like showmanship thing like we like the over the top and way over the top that, yeah but enough that like they did one of those things where they plugged like oh we're just gonna play this song that we just wrote but i believe they did because it was that song like finger banging and, and like <laughs> they just riffed it on like the brownness of what they do in this like finger banger song or whatever it was it was good yeah that i agree i i could believe that yeah they did just write that backstage but have you ever heard the song put your pussy on my pillow no is it's, that by ween it's I, it's either by ween or by one of them i forget which one but okay put your pussy on my pillow it's fucking <laughs> amazing and there's this one song or this one part of the song where he's like you remind me of my old dog. Forget his name, dog's name. She was a good girl. We had to put her down. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a witty thing. We love it. Um, but yeah, dude, nothing like this tool concert. Yeah, I mean, from the opening act to like the the entire set, and it's like it was kind of wild. Like, to, I was always curious, like what Maynard's like on stage and in person and stuff. Like, so and it's different, you know, tour yeah. to tour too. Oh, I like, would imagine so. At least you know his his performance. I could see that because he seems to his characters. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's so theatrical, and uh, um, I so appreciate that because. But there was this one moment where, um, as I was, I guess, describing earlier without sounding too geeky, um, you know, I, I don't know the guy at all, but I, I so love his work. It's like, I'm so just, again, it's like kind of a wonder and awe thing. Like, holy shit, how did you pull that off? Enamored. Yeah. 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 Enamored by and, his work. And I mean- to that extent, all of them too. You know, I mean, all of well, all them especially. Yeah. But like, he has just so many things going on, and I'm 
I kind of identify with that. Like I have so much shit going on. So when I see him, a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When I see someone like that being very successful with it and having a blast with it, it's like so deeply inspirational to me. Kind of carves, carves his own path in the world so to speak yeah. totally and so when he engages the audience especially like in that beginning to end thing like he has it so per i was talking to my brother about this who was you know we had, we shared some seats together there on the floor oh benji was awesome yeah i'm glad he was we'll have there. to get him back on here to debrief uh, about the show I, I was thinking that yeah he called me last night just to be like dude i gotta say though that was the <laughs> most amazing show you know, and I and I really appreciate that he followed up that way because I felt kind of like you said enamored and just like almost inebriated and intoxicated by the Still experience. Like, I'm like from... verbal diarrhea. I got to figure out a way to pinpoint what this was like for me. But my brother, poor Ben, was like <laughs> probably unable to get even a word in. But by the time he kind of digested it, and 24 hours later, called me up and you know was able to express how much it meant to him too. And it is it's a trip it's like such it's not just a concert it's it's a full like experience it's a full show you know like all of your senses are taken over you know like the between between the light show and the visuals and the art and the music and the fucking sound waves i mean like you said you're feeling it you're seeing it you're hearing it i mean all sh everything short of tasting it basically but uh yeah oh i probably tasted something on it. some level my palate deeply in my belly just like because that's where it was all coming from like especially with danny on percussion just like dude the visceral intensity mm. coming from that core gut Got area it. where like everything's just like vibrating and they don't fix they don't fucking miss a note either. You know, it's, it's no, not at all. Yeah. And if they do, you wouldn't even tell. In fact, it's everything quite, flows quite the opposite. Like sometimes they'll like they'll jam out on like a little piece, you know, here and there. They'll add stuff, but yeah, like if if they fuck up, most people don't catch it. I don't think, and I don't think they do. And I think but. the artists themselves must be hypercritical of that like i like anybody who's really putting their heart out there i mean like that you can tell i mean this is like what i love about tool is that they were they came from a time where we were we had such we had kind of a different kind of existential angst that we had comedy and you know bill hicks was a huge influence on them or at least like an ally of them and their work and it's like going to go see them it's like almost in a way bill hicks is still speaking from the grave and and he's still present he's still with us it's and too, it's like it's too bad they didn't play anima man because if they had his picture would have been up there really like the the artist drawing from the the cd sleeve oh uh, yeah yeah you know him as the doctor you know checking mm -hmm. on the yeah like they, that's beautiful they put yeah. that up there like as part of the uh, artwork, have you have you seen Anima yeah. live? Oh yeah! Couple, Holy couple, shit, couple, dude! I'm so times. jealous. That's couple probably times. my favorite Tool song for the record. It's hard to pick one. It's very hard to pick one, but that one has a special place in my heart because I am convinced, and because it's vague, a vague memory of you introducing them to me all those years ago. That I'm convinced is the first song you ever 
I ever heard that you had introduced me to. Um, that album, at least, yeah. The moment that there was that recognition of this is Tool, and I had that impression, and yeah. of course we were, you know, we were just not lucid, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, no, we were tripping. Um, but back then, that's how I that's how I explored. That's how I got outside of my skin and really branched out to the arts to begin with, and um, even dating back to the first time when I tripped and. Uh, ate acid from my in my hometown and we were i was just like it was just me but um just cruising the fucking town where i grew up in um as an adult as a fully fledged adult after having been there for as long as i had and like everyone's gone and it's just me tripping my brains out with my shirt off and sunglasses on just cruising on my skateboard the entire town it was like (laughs) holy shit this is what like it's like to be alive and that kind of has like a specific kind of like, um, gosh, what do you call it? It's like a, a timestamp yep. on an experience. And so fast forward, we met each other. We became acquainted through the restaurant where you would play all that music, all that fantastic music. Oh, and then after hours, we would have some fucking awesome memories to create as well. And part of that was when you introduced me to tools. So it has like this Mm -hmm. very, very special place, um, in the core of my being. Yeah. I, I hear you. It's, uh, you know, one of the cornerstones of my own, my own being as well. You know, like not necessarily from the first time I heard them, but, you know, from the first time I listened to them, like actually listened, you know, like, like that's like never heard such like well arranged intricacies and like little subtleties in such heavy music before. Mm. And like, not only that, but the themes and, you know, the, the uh the arrangements and the melodies it's like once once i actually like heard them for them it's like there's no turning back it's like oh god like you know, i i still ask myself to this day i'm like you know my musical tastes ever going to like finish growing up and i'm like ah, do i actually want them to you know, but it's it's like, you know, they're they're always growing, but it's always, you know, they they a lot of people say anyway that you know, that music that you listen to at that certain formative time in your life is gonna be at least some of the music that you listen to for the rest of it. And yeah, it's totally you know, like you when you gain a profound appreciation for any art you know, or art form, it's like, you're always going to feel that appreciation to some degree, you know, because it, like, appreciation is one of the things that makes people who they are, you know, like, what they appreciate in the world and what they appreciate in life and about life, you know, it's, it's not one of those things that's easily abandoned in somebody. You know, 
that's the beauty of it because it's like that anchor that keeps you firmly planted or grounded in what the essence of is, is of your existence. You know, at the end of the day, uh, kind of goes back to what we talk about often around like things like hope, like to be hopeless is one of the most. That's true despair. Deeply yeah. uh, depressing and impactful uh, routes to lead our consciousness that is practically nowhere good. Maybe. Like as long as we can recreate hope through appreciation, through things like, you know, gratitude, which is sounds redundant, but really it, it both have their own yeah. expression at the end of the day. Two sides of the same coin sometimes, but yeah, I almost like to try and qualify it in terms of you can, you can be grateful for the things you have, the the tangible things, the the even the not so tangible things for sure. But it's a different story to appreciate stuff because you can be grateful for all I can be grateful for my resources, my sustenance, you know, simple things for any with anything from water to money. Um but to appreciate even things like not having money or not having resources is an even uh, more potent sense of of that that hope hope gene, right? Yeah, 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 totally. And and also, you know, on that same token, it's like you can be grateful for some, like, say, you know through an interaction with somebody that was less than palatable, you know, uh, le left a bad taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. You didn't appreciate the interaction, but you're grateful for the lesson you learned from it, you know? Exactly. And so, yeah, like they don't always go hand in hand, but they're very closely associated even when they aren't, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because it, it, you're sending a message to your brain. Your brain is processing over 90% of its instructions directly from the heart. And the heart is where those values come from at the end of the day. So um, it's important to exercise that as often as we can as far as appreciating something. And the more deeply we can appreciate something, the greater capacity we have for resilience, in fact, but many other things too. Like, not to, it's not just about being resilient. It's not just about relegating life to a battery or a machine-like thing. But our bodies are, again, we've talked about this a number of times, constantly expending and renewing our energy. And the more we can replenish it over time, like we're going to expend our energy. And if we don't replenish it, then that's where you start to run into those problems, that hopeless it's, space. And it's hard to have any resilience without hope. You know? Exactly. Yeah. That's why I love the thing, like like we talked about it previously uh, several episodes ago, but uh, Mike would talk to me about like, and you certainly have experience with this as well, but um, the uh, rule, not of thirds, but the rule of like three, like the three, three seconds hope, Three uh, minutes. Uh, fuck, I'm gonna butcher this. Three seconds hope. Three minutes. Uh, shit. 
air. I think it's air. Yeah. And then, and then three days, three water. days water. Yeah. Uh, or no, three, three hours warmth. Three days, three water. days water. Three, three weeks, weeks food. food. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a matter of priorities. And that first initial priority that we take for granted is the hope component. Because if you don't have hope through this or through whatever it is, um, then, then you're, you're totally up shit's creek at that point. I heard a, uh, Heard a good one the other day, episode of uh, the Sean Ryan show, where uh, I forget the name of the guest he had on, but they were talking about if there was there was an entire grid outage, you know, country, nationwide. It's talking about how basically next to air electricity is the next important because without that most people aren't even going to get their water in three days he's talking about how in if in nine months they couldn't get the power back on if it was still an outage 90 percent of the country would be dead Mm. you know just just from you know chaos lack of utilities Mm. lack of access you know yeah, that shit scares the crap out of carnage. me. carnage. Yeah. But, yeah. And, it's scary, but... And then he's talking about, he's like, yeah, there's, there's, uh, I think he said 50,000, uh, subgrid power stations, like, these giant transformers, like, there's 50,000 of them in the country, and... If the right nine of them were taken out, that's all it would take. Wow. Holy crap. Are those clustered together? I fucking hope not. Well, those nine, no. But, I mean, and the other thing is the backlog on how long it takes to make these fucking things because they're so gigantic. Like, there's already a five-year backlog, and that's, that's as of now, you know? So... If there was some sort of giant catastrophe like that, it would be be a lot more than nine months. Holy shit, dude! Well, you can eighty six it. I got I got scotch in this one. Um, yeah, dude. It's it's a you almost need to recreate that rule of not thirds, like I said, but uh, that pattern of working in that. Uh, tandem of your resources and depleting them and different like elements of uh, the adversity of you know a situation like like the most people rely on that one utility yeah to that one utility the rest of them yep, yeah most, exactly and most people either don't know how or are unable to circumvent that middleman that is electricity you know like you know, whether it's getting your own water, you know, whether it's cooking without gas or mm. electric, mm. whether it's heat, you know, a lot of people just don't have the the wherewithal to actually, you know, go about that. It's that sort of instinctive behavior that, you know, got us this far of living without electricity for so long mm-hmm. totally 
gone in that sense. Yeah, yeah. In that sense, we're very soft and insulated and a lot of us are indoor cats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. No. Like I just had the guy come and deliver the gas for the propane and it's like, holy shit, do I appreciate that? <laughs> like, God damn that. Can you imagine? I, I can't imagine, but holy shit. Like conversations like these really make me wonder like, okay, if, if there were to be a legit interruption in the economy, the way things are run, that's why I'm so obsessed with economics. It's because it's so in my face all the time, like how vulnerable I am to these conditions that we've created for ourselves, all the, everything that we've taken for granted and all the fact that it could all end tomorrow. It's like the spender's mentality. It's like, well, fuck it. Like it could all end tomorrow. So fuck it. I'm going to spend everything. Why not enjoy the fruits of at least the very least the labor that I've created over time? And part of me is like, fuck, now I'm running out of things because life is going on <laughs> but no it, it, for real though it's like um it's it's something to appreciate more wow. than anything that reminds me of that doug stanhope joke he's like you know everybody everybody says hey live live every day like it's your last live every day like like you might get hit by a bus tomorrow what they don't tell you is what happens if you don't get hit by that bus and you live that way for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly uh god i love it all right well dude fucking cheers to you brother i Sir. i fucking love these sessions i love making this making podcasts with you and going to shows together yeah. and like that was our first big like thing that we did together <sighs> since we were in the b yard I'm not sure if uh, Tara mentioned it to you. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, no, Pussifer, Perfect Circle, and Primus are touring together. No shit. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that it? That's not a myth, is it? Are you pulling my chain? It hasn't. The tour hasn't started. Well, yet. certainly not. Right. Tool is yeah. still afoot at oh, yeah. large. I mean, you know, supposedly. I think thing. next summer she said. Next summer. So that'd be a good yeah. Because I was curious how so Tool. That was again such an intense show. We even talked briefly uh, after the show because it was like after eleven. I mean, who are we kidding? Like we're old men. We're indoor <laughs> cats, like you said. So, <laughs> uh, it, it, like, how the fuck do they do that? And then somehow get a good night's rest. But maybe I'm overstretching it because oftentimes chances are they're not getting a good night's rest. It's like. I mean, I'm sure they are, but they probably also, I mean, they all have their own bus, for one. Like, they don't ride on the same bus anymore. Oh, really? That's that's what Maynard was saying on the Steve-O's episode. Oh, yeah. okay. But uh, I don't think they do many, many shows throughout the tour back-to-back either, you know? So, they, well, went, they went from Manchester to Boston, but the Boston show was... Just yesterday, Wednesday night, not Monday night, right? Or, or Two days, not but Tuesday night. Even right. then, like, yeah. So, so that they, is that being enough recovery time kind of blows my mind a little bit. But again, I'm a virgin. You know, I'm I just popped my fucking tool cherry, and, and they're also you know they're they are such an intense band that you know it's like they do kind of operate in the same similar niche as the Grateful Dead did at one point. But 
they're such an intense band like there's no way that they're going on stage for six hours like like the dead used to and you know right of course not no and that that's what i fully appreciate about it because even though it was a three-hour show something along those lines i mean they they played for almost two hours i think yeah yeah but like again there you have those like not just the one intermission but you have those transitions and you have like maynard kind of doing his own thing and how he engaged the audience like i said was a real treat for me because i don't i don't know the guy i would love to get to know him i would love to meet him someday but it's like everything that i've have that has inspired me through his work and following his work for as long as i have uh really tickled me when he addressed the audience about like don't you fucking dare the pull phones. out your phone. <laughs> your stupid little phone. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking awesome because He's like, I wait felt, for the last song and I you f- guys can record the whole thing. And he was being generous with that because I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to pull out my phone even for the last song. Like all these people pulled their phone out and it's like good on them. Like I'm not going to judge the fuck out of that. Even my brother next to me was like recording and I was secretly like, oh sweet. Now I get to like watch the video after. Right. You're but, like, I don't want to be the but asshole, honestly, but I like, want to see it. Those, I watched the playback and it's like, it does not even no. compare. No. no, There's no comparison. No. So it's like the ultimate lesson is fucking, you only have so much time on this earth and ultimately your cage is going to retain whatever it's going to retain. It's your heart. It's how you're absorbing it in your heart that's going to be the timeless component to it. And for me, that was the biggest thing because it's a gift to be present enough to memorize something by heart, not just by your neurological makeup and your fucking hard drive on your fucking device. Like your your actual hard drive's up here. Halfway works. Yeah. Yeah. That thing can always die. I had a head injury four years ago almost to the anniversary to the day like i yeah i could have gotten real fucked up from it and i don't play hockey anymore as a result of it but your heart sticks with you beyond something that the the brain can do and when you know how to listen with your heart be present and do like just absorb it and then you can actually take that after the show i felt so inspired to create that's yeah. all I felt like doing. I was like, I can't even fucking sit still. Like, I have got to create. So then it's like going back to real life, um, hitting one wall after another. Like, God damn it, my life sucks. <laughs> like that, like that came in. So there's way it comes in waves. And I know we're talking about appreciation, obviously. Like, I'm not complaining for all the bullshit. Um, it's just the way life works. Like, that's just yeah. how life works. So. Um, I, again, I just felt so, um, just that wonder and awe, like, wow, this plateau, this exists, this, there's something out in the universe. Like seeing what, you know, a couple, a few people can do when they put their minds together and like push the envelope as far as they can, you know? And even the crowd, like the crowd was part of that. Like it was a shared experience and that's the point of not pulling the fucking phone out because it's a shared experience and that is it just galvanizes things at that point you know it's not just danny up there creating these experiences it's creating danny's creating that fucking ripple from the core 
using his magic, his octopus magic. <laughs> like, his, his seven-pointed star. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, well, I, I, after that, was like, what is the deal with the seven-pointed star? It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an Enochian symbol. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, Eno- it's Enochian magic. I felt hypnotized. Well, it's, and by magic, I mean, you know, like with a K, like the actual stuff, you know, like, mm. but uh, yeah, it's, you know, can be used for good or ill, but uh, pretty sure they're using it for the right reason. Yeah, but, you. Uh, I was just going <laughs> to ask you that. You think, because yeah. I know I mean, we've talked about this and I know you have some mixed feelings about some stuff, but. The um, dark arts. Yeah. Yeah, I I picture myself kind of like like a old school barbarian. I don't I don't trust wizards and sorcerers. You know, they they really have to prove themselves to me. And it's like Danny Carey's definitely one of those fucking sorcerers, you know, that I do trust. Like, pretty sure their heart's in the right spot. You're pretty sure you trust Danny? Yeah, I do, too. Um. Man, the guy next to me when he was doing the chocolate chip trip thing and the background like fucking weird distorted like quadrant of like mm. intersecting like visuals and shit. The guy was like he, the poor guy almost peed his pants. Like mm. I, I was like, yep, I know it's funny. Just like pay attention, <laughs> keep going, stay with it. Come on, you know it's the climax is coming. <sighs> like yeah, I know it looks like a vagina, dude. Just like get over that for a minute. I know it looks like a tranny's fucking butthole. Just get over that for a minute. Like, stay with this. You got this. <laughs> it was great. No, it was fucking amazing, dude. Um, there's no way to tr- describe it. I, it was, um, I can't wait to go to my next. Well, I just can't wait. I hope I can afford my next shit. Like, yeah. I mean, no offense, but, uh, getting a little pricey guys. Yeah, but that I don't know. I don't know if that's the band's penny, fault. But is that the band's fault though? Because it's no. like Ticketmaster is right. like monopolizing the fuck out of everything. Right. It's 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 all the ticket vendors. It's the venues. It's the labels. I mean, by the time any of that money gets to the band, they're you know maybe seeing a fifth of it. Hopefully, holy shit, dude! If it's a fifth, fuck that shit. Come on. But I don't know. I don't. Know. Well, my yeah, it might be an exaggeration, but. Even the very thought of that, like, no effing way, like, because at the end of the show, the problem is, and I'm going to say this on air just because I can and I will, I didn't even think about the price. Like, it was like one of those things that like, oh my God, that was worth every fucking penny and then some. Like, I, there's no, yeah, I'm going to get all teary. (laughs) Fuck. Well, oh, thank you guys so much, not only for listening, but if you're at all out there in the ether, uh, Danny, Adam, Justin, and Maynard, uh, you guys are true inspirations made flesh. Well, thank you for, thank you for your guys' hard work and vision. It's fucking amazing. All right. Well, till next time. Love you, sir. I love you too. Love buddy. you, folks. <laughs>